Appendix E of the Life of Samuel Johnson, Volume One by James Boswell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Appendix E: Johnson's engaging in politics with H. Blank Blank N. In a little volume entitled Parliamentary Logic by the Right Honourable W. G. Hamilton, published in eighteen hundred and eight, twelve years after the author's death, is included. Considerations on Corn by Dr. Johnson, Works, Volume 5, page 3 to 1. It was written, says Hamilton's editor, in November 1766. A dearth had caused riots. Those who want the supports of life, Johnson wrote, will seize them wherever they can be found. Ibid, page 3 to 2. He supported in this tract the bounty for exporting corn. If, more than a year after he had engaged in politics with Mr. Hamilton, nothing had been produced but this short tract, the engagement was not of much importance, but there was, I suspect, much more in it. Indeed, the editor says, preface page 9, that Johnson had entered into some engagement with Mr. Hamilton, occasionally to furnish him with his sentiments on the great political topics that shall be considered in Parliament. Mr. Croker draws attention to a passage in Johnson's letter to Miss Porter of January the 14th, 1766, Croker's Boswell, in which he says, I cannot well come, in square brackets, to Lichfield, during the session of Parliament. In the spring of this same year, Burke had broken with Hamilton, in whose service he had been. The occasion of our difference, he wrote, was not any act whatsoever on my part. It was entirely upon his, by a voluntary but most insolent and intolerable demand, amounting to no less than a claim of servitude during the whole course of my life, without leaving to me at any time a power either of getting forward with honour, or of retiring with tranquillity. Burke's Correspondence It seems to me highly probable that Hamilton, in consequence of his having just lost, as I have shown, Burke's service, sought Johnson's aid. He had taken Burke as a companion in his studies, Ibid, page 48, six of the best years of my life, wrote Burke, he took me from every pursuit of literary reputation or of improvement of my fortune. In that time he made his own fortune a very great one. Ibid, page 67. Burke had been recommended to Hamilton by Dr. Wharton. On losing him, Hamilton, on February the 12th, 1765, wrote to Wharton, giving a false account of his separation with Burke, and asking him to recommend someone to fill his place, someone who, in addition to a taste and an understanding of ancient authors, and what generally passes under the name of scholarship, has likewise a share of modern knowledge, and has applied himself in some degree to the study of the law. By way of payment, he offers at once an income which would neither be insufficient for him as a man of letters, or disreputable to him as a gentleman. 
and hereafter a situation a post that is to say under government wool's warden wharton recommended chambers chambers does not seem to have accepted the post for we find him staying on at oxford post volume two pages twenty five forty six johnson had all the knowledge that hamilton required except that of law it is this very study that we find him at this very time entering upon all this shows that for some time and to some extent an engagement was formed between him and hamilton boswell writing to malone on february the twenty fifth seventeen ninety one while the life of Johnson was going through the press, says, I shall have more cancels. That nervous mortal W.G.H. is not satisfied with my report of some particulars which I wrote down from his own mouth, and is so much agitated that Courtenay has persuaded me to allow a new edition of them by H. himself to be made at H.'s expense. Pocus Boswell, page 829 this would seem to show that there was something that hamilton wished to conceal horace walpole memoirs of the reign of george the third does not give him a character for truthfulness he writes on one occasion hamilton denied it but his truth was not renowned miss burney who met hamilton fourteen years after this thus describes him this mr hamilton is extremely tall and handsome has an air of haughty and fashionable superiority is intelligent dry sarcastic and clever i should have received much pleasure from his conversational powers had i not previously been prejudiced against him by hearing that he is infinitely artful double and crafty madame d'arblay's diary End of Appendix E